had to press record on this because this is one of my favorite songs off of my favorite mixtape, um, Kid Named Cuddy from, a kid, from Kid Cuddy. I'ma say some shit that make you think I lost my mind. I'm the only killer that can watch the sun and don't go blind. She fine and she wanna be, but she wanna check, dog. Dodging popping bitches like them hoes working with the law. Pack a shaker, bitches trying to play me to the left. Now I pick the hoes I want and give my killers what is left. I don't know if it's the name of the big gum bottoms. Keep them up, so leave them five or ones, you can't knock them. Used to have the Honda with the 30-day tags. That was in the past, now I'm finna throw it on the jack. Hey. <laughs> I love that song so much. Shout out to Hit Cuddy. I love that mixtape. I love that mixtape. I could listen to it through. I could rap it through. It makes you feel good. And it's crazy that it makes you feel so good, especially how dark it is essentially. Because he talks about a lot of shit in there. Um, but I really like it. I really love that. That was like my, that, remember that time when it was like, it was Kid Cudi, it was Wale, it was, I believe it was Khalifa at that. It was like the beginnings of the internet generation. And like right before Drake was bubbling and popping and and Cole was bubbling and popping, like, ah, just that time was amazing. Even Kid Cudi's song Wale on this, on this mixtape, I love it. And then I hated when they had a beef and then I liked when I heard them on a song together afterwards, but that's neither here nor there. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm actually filming this. I filmed me rapping to Kid Cudi, TGIF. I don't care though. Judge me all you want. This is one of my favorite songs ever. It really makes me happy if I'm ever sad um, and you know it. <laughs> if I'm sad and you know it, play Kid Cudi. <laughs> play that song or any Kid Cudi. I would legit be happy. Okay, but I did actually want to start this, mi this mixtape. <laughs> okay, focus, Leticia. When I was a little girl and I was in trouble, my mom would call me Leticia and that's how I knew to get the fucking, like, check myself, get in line. Okay. So I wanted to start this podcast off telling you that I don't like unicorns. Mm -hmm. I have a problem with unicorns. I have a big problem with them. So let me start off my story. I went to a hair salon to get my hair done. And as I'm waiting to like, for her to wash my hair, she took me to the sink. As I'm waiting, I look up at the wall and they have like, a, they have a, a head of a unicorn. You know how like hunters have heads of deer or whatever the hell they have on their wall. This was basically a unicorn in that same like aspect. So it was a unicorn hanging out of the wall. Anyway, I'm looking at this unicorn and in my head, I'm like, oh, unicorns are so magical. And then the other side of me is like, you know, it's just a fucking horse with a horn on it. And this is my, this is my anger towards this. Cause then it got me angry because a horse itself, we don't think is magical, but put a fucking horn on it. And all of a sudden it's magical and special. And I think that we may be doing this because we're not okay with reality being special we think that we're undeserving of special yes i thought about this while i was waiting to get my hair washed and it is this deep okay even when we think about mermaids it's a human with fins on it why can't humans just be magical period why does the version of us with fins on us be the magical version 
say all of that to say we're fucking magic, goddammit. You're magic horse. I'm magic human. Regardless of the horn or the fin that we do not have, that a special, mystical, magical creature that we made up because we weren't happy enough with the versions of us that we are. So that's my bone that I'm picking with unicorns. And I used to love freaking unicorns, but then I realized a unicorn is just a fucking horse with a horn on it. Love those damn horses the way you love unicorns, goddammit. Okay. That's what I wanted to say. And it, and it did lead into something super deep, but I did, I did want to also touch on that. The fact that like, we're cool. Like, however you are, the best version of you isn't something, isn't you with something you can never attain. Isn't you with the freaking horn on your head. It's you period. Like being the best you ever. Okay. However you are, whatever strengths or weaknesses you may have, don't think, oh, I would be the best me if only I had. Oh, you'd be the best you once you think you're the best feel. And once you think and feel you're the best you and operate in that manner. Okay. We're all unicorns. We're all mermaids. All right. Yeah. That was my thing. And, and I'm sorry that it went to. Well, let me just put up a little bit. Kid Cudi is still playing. No, you're not playing. Oh, you're playing? No, you're not. All right, so his mixtape's not playing anymore. Um, I meant to have his mixtape in the background and then I got super hype off of TGIF and then I had to wrap it. So, yeah. Uh, I went and I took my dad. This is like, I guess this is our... Um, this is our... It'll come to me, it'll come to me, it'll come to me. This is our... Something you do like all the time now. Ritual. It's not ritual. That's not the word. Um, but it's stuff like that. This is, oh, I'm so mad the word's not coming to me. And I can't edit now because normally, low-key, just FYI, behind the magic, behind the fucking unicorn with the horn, I edit the audio to the podcast sometimes to take out like the ums and the long silences or me trying to figure out a word. But now I can't because I'm videotaping. So dun, dun, dun. Anyway, it's become a thing um, for us to go to the racetrack on Father's Day. And I took my dad to the racetrack on Father's Day. Um, it was really hot. It was like 104 degrees out, super hot. But tradition, it's become a tradition. It came to my head. Ha ha. Low key. Well, high key. I was talking to you while in the back of my head. I was like, okay, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. So I was kind of stalling. And then I was figuring it out. Like if we were at a party and had spilled something in the kitchen, part of me would be in the kitchen trying to clean it up while the other one is like, hey, look at the wall and the painting of the unicorn. Um, that's what literally just happened in this exchange. But um, I'm telling you everything. So now you know uh, that I spilled something in the kitchen. This is how my brain works at 3.13 a.m. That's what time it is right now. Anyway. <sighs> okay. So. It's become tradition for us to go to Santa Anita, uh, the horse track, because we, well, we used to do it as kids. My dad is a heavy gambler. Not like that, though. It's not crazy. Like, he doesn't have a problem. He just enjoys gambling on horses. And when we were kids, we would spend a lot of time at the track. Like, I just remember always being at the track and they had stuff for us to do. There was like playgrounds and weird stuff me and my sister could do in the meantime while my dad was betting on horses and winning and losing and all this crazy stuff but as we got older clearly that was something we did with our dad so we stopped doing it and now we don't we do it I take him on father's day 
say all of that to say I was, I had my niece who's now one year old and I was walking with her outside in the 104 degree heat. I was walking with her outside and I had showed her like where the stalls of the horses are. And she was so excited, like just to see the horses. And before the horses go onto the racetrack, um, they take them around the grounds. Like they, they, like there's like this little circular thing where they walk around and they show everybody the horses and, I used to think as a kid, like, oh, they're showing the horses. But as someone who bet this time, now I see why they do it. They do it so you can see like the shape that the horses are in or the attitude or personalities because I had bet on a horse based on their names because they all have funny names. Um, Based on the name I liked, then I took my niece out and I saw another horse like super lit. Like this horse was like ready, like, like its energy was up way more than the other horses. It was kind of like a little bit restless because it wanted to like get in there. And I was like, oh, I got to bet on you now. So then I saw like, oh, that's the purpose of this walk around. But my niece was so enamored with these horses and the way she looked at them was the way people look at the fucking unicorn. And the thing is, the unicorn is something we're taught later. The horse though itself is so magical to this one-year-old and it stops becoming magical to us because now we have something to compare it to that's more magical. No, these horses are awesome. Okay, so, and by the way, it was really hot and- um, I had, I did bet on a horse and I won. The horse's name was Spanish hombre. That means Spanish man. Um, they have really weird names like horses. And my thing is, cause you know, like there's Sea Biscuit, right? Which is one of the, if not the most famous race horse out there. And then there's Zenyatta who I love. Zenyatta is amazing. There was a, a statue of Zenyatta. Um, she's a female horse, fucking killed it though. Ran with the guys, still beat them. Um, She's my spirit animal. But those names are cool and they go down in like history, right? Freaking Pop Pop Poppy, which is a name of a horse, doesn't go down in history. I doubt Spanish Ombre will. Like all these horses names, like, cause you go and you're like, for people that, like my dad can read the booklets. They send, they give you booklets. My dad could read the booklets and he could be like, oh, this, this, look at the stats. And then he chooses me and my sister. It's like, okay, what color is this horse? Cause it'll say the name of like, or the color of their tag that they're going to wear. Um, their number is going to be purple or green or yellow. And that's the ones we choose or the funny names. Um, but the funny names never go down in history, do they? Well, I don't know. Sea Biscuit is a little bit of a funny name, but not really. All right. Well, there's that. Um, so that's my spiel on. I like saying spiel because it's a funny word. So I, I'm sorry if I'm saying it a lot. Uh, yeah, that's my mm, on horses and unicorns and my bone to pick. And I wrapped as well. Now let's talk about something a little bit serious. Oh, no, I have a precursor to my little serious talk. Do you ever have it, whether you're single or you've been single in the past, do you ever have those moments where you're like, oh my God, this would be so awesome to do, but I have no one to do it with. I just had one of those moments today. Uh, It was like this super, and, and granted I have people to do it with, but this particular thing I think is a romantic thing that I need to do with someone that I'm romantically involved with. 
And there's no one in that space that could deserve deserve it. Whoa, I just, I'm sorry, I dropped something. You'll be able to see it because now it's on YouTube and stuff. This video. So, oh, I want to talk about it, but I lo- <laughs> I, I kind of don't want to talk about it because I don't want you guys to. This is me being selfish. I don't want you guys who are in LA to do it and have fun with your people you love. <laughs> if I can't. Okay, I'll tell you about it. Damn. So a woman that works with me, her name is Anne. She's awesome. She was. I was talking to her about what I'm doing this summer with my son, which I will explain to you in a little bit. But she then showed me this thing about how it's called sky dining and they basically lift a table up into the sky and chairs and everything and the cooks and the chefs and entertainment and you have dinner in the sky like it's it's a it's a table that floats in the sky and it sounds lit and it looks lit like the pictures are amazing like it's a beautiful like like amazing luxury restaurant in the sky basically where it's just the table lifted up above los angeles right and like you have to reserve tickets you have to buy tickets there it's tours around the country so basically it's going to come um to la in july and i was looking at that and it's i was like oh i could take my son to do to do something because i'm doing well i'll explain what i'm doing with him again i already said that uh but I couldn't like normally I'm like sometimes when I'm like oh I wish I could do that oh I just take my son David and we just do, go do it and have fun but this especially like there's wine involved there it, it, it seems very like romantic and like luxurious and let me take a date there right and it's expensive and I was like oh I'm gonna book I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm literally in my head like, who the fuck am I going to take if I'm going to go? I would also take my sister because her and I love doing cool stuff like this. But this month, she's going to be in New York that whole month. So I won't be able to take her. But OK, yeah, that's my thing. I was like, oh, I wish that I could take somebody, but I can't. And it's like, yeah, I know people will go with me, but I wish that's something like you take your 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 mm, and. I have clearly there's people to take in my life, but not someone like that, that. But I really want to go. I, I wouldn't do that by myself. I've gone to eat by myself. I love going to eat by myself because clearly, as you can see, I have a lot of thoughts that go through my head. If I thought that about a freaking unicorn, I, it happens. Letty can chill with Letty. But yeah, that it just seemed really cool. And if you're in LA and you go, and if you learned about it from me, have fun with your girlfriend or boyfriend or wife or husband or whatever. <sighs> All right. Well, okay. The thing the, this on funner stuff, what I'm doing with David this summer. So he just got out of elementary school. He um, passed fifth grade amazing and he's going into middle school and i know in i i've been to middle school and i know it's kind of like these moments the i'm getting into the time him and i are extremely close but i'm getting into the time where him and i are probably gonna distant 
be more distant and not because of me, because I would hold him close to me until the day I die. But I feel like he, it's now going to be the time where he's like, mom, go away, leave me alone. Ugh. So this summer is really, and normally during summertime, he goes to summer camp, like summer day camp, or he'll spend a lot of time at his um, cousin's house because they're all out of school and it's a bunch of kids. So I let them have fun. And this summer, I'm making it a point to do as much as I can with him as possible. Like, because I know this is probably like, I'm literally in my head because I'm mom and I'm corny, like the summer to remember with him. Like, this is the summer I want him to always think like, man, I remember when me and my mom did like everything in one summer. And so some, we already did a couple things. He, he was on, he started summer vacation last week. So last week we went to a berry farm and we picked our own berries and cucumber he loves fruit he loves nature so this is something stuff that i know he'll like and there was also a petting zoo we got to feed um baby goats and then we went to universal studios and then by the way when we were at universal studios someone recognized me while we were eating and he gave me tickets to get to the front of the line which was awesome. You didn't have to do that. I remember your name. It's Daniel. You're the best. And I don't know if I can repay you or say thank you. I was eating at the time and I wish I could have hugged him. But like literally I eat with my hands. I'm super messy eater. It's not attractive. Maybe I shouldn't take someone on that romantic date because I'm very, very messy. I, <coughs> excuse me. Um, that was my soul telling me to sh stop being unattractive. Uh, but we went and he gave me tickets. And so thank you, Daniel. I appreciate you a lot. Um, so we're doing stuff like that. And I'm taking, and then it got really hot because some of the other stuff that I wanted to do with him was, and that I've signed up is like, go to a wolf reserve uh, because he's very animal compassionate. So am I, uh, but I, I love that he has this in him. He wants to be a veterinarian when he grows up. So I want to take him to this wolf reserve, but it's literally in the desert or close to the desert. And it was, it's just been super hot. And so I'm planning our whole summer doing things like that. Like I, I found these different beach houses we can go to or water parks or anything to do with water than, that him and I can go to um, different gardens to go to as well he loves nature anything any kind of cute good hikes for kids that are kid friendly that we can go to meaning they're shaded they're not as steep um there's good views with them i've been i've been doing a lot of that kind of stuff and there's this one place i'm really excited to go to uh it's the sky space la so sky space la is something they're starting up in i believe in the end of june and it is cool too. Like it's it's in downtown at the US Bank. Like you know the big US Bank. Well, if you're if you ever see, you know how when they say LA and then they show it shows you that skyline of all those buildings. So one of the biggest one of the tallest buildings, if not the tallest building in that whole little like outline of LA's buildings is the US Bank building. Or it says US Bank at the top. I don't know if that's its name or not. But they built like a cool museum thing around it, right? And also a slide, a slide of glass that you slide down and you get to see all of LA. 
and it, it opens at the end of June. And I saw, I was like, oh my God, we got to go do that. That's so cool. And we're going to go do that. And, and what's cool is like at the radio station, then we like, I heard a commercial about it. And I was like, that's where I want to go. So I was talking to Anne who works with us about that. And then she told me about the skydining and that's how that came up. And then I got all, oh my God, I need to get tickets. And then I need to not because I don't want to go with, I, I want it to be, I'm not going to take a random and I want it to be someone special, but I digress. That's where all of that came from. And this summer though, this summer is going to be awesome. Like I really think this is going to be a cool summer for myself and for David. Uh, a, lot, a lot of time that I could have shared with him, I haven't been able to share with him as he's growing up because of how much I put, I put into work. So I put a lot of time and effort into work in order to be able to now be providing these things that um him and I are going to be doing this summer uh, but I think it's a cool thing I don't know I don't know other parents if you if you've done anything similar or if you have any ideas please let me know in the comments I'm always here for that kind of kind of stuff uh and I know literally I know that this is the time where he's growing apart from me I also put him into piano less so he I asked him what do you want to do? Like, what are some cool things you want to do? And he said, mom, I want to have to learn how to do, how to play piano. Um, he's very good with, um, he's very good with coding and computer coding and stuff. So he's also like in a computer coding workshop and he wants to learn to cook. My dad was the cook of the family. He was, he, he's a chef. Like he, he started cooking when he came to America legally, just FYI. Um, and so my son sees men in the kitchen as like the man of the house thing to do. So he wants to learn to cook. So he wants cooking classes, which my dad's teaching him how to cook um, piano classes and um, computer coding, all of that stuff. I want to get into him. So at least when he goes into middle school, like he's focused or he has that thing on the side that he's doing instead of kind of getting those influences from other kids that may be good or bad. I want him to go into middle school knowing like this is what I'm setting forth to do. Uh, I had my sister to kind of like hold me very focused, but he doesn't have, he's the only child. So yeah. One second. Sorry, I'm getting a text. Um, okay, now here's something else that I wanted to talk about. And it is that I am going to wait to have sex until I get married. And I don't want to be like super like, oh, I'm, I'm a no sexer haver. <laughs> I don't, it's just, it's a part of life, right? I've recently gone into, and this is what's funny to me about, I think I've met, I've been meant to do this because, okay, growing up, all of my friends called me a nun, all of them, because we would, I never felt, and, and this is, these are conversations I've had with men that I've had relationships with. I've never felt the urge 
to have sex. Sex to me is affection. Like I have sex with my man and only my man. Uh, a guy will have to wait to be my boyfriend in order for us even to get there. Uh, and I don't mind that because I'm, I don't give it, I, I'm very bad at casual sex. I, I don't do that. It needs to be like Dom Kennedy. I can't fuck if there's no attachment. I can't. Uh, but I say that to say, I do it out of affection. I do it because I want to show them that I care about them and I want to, I want to give them that intimacy. But as a kid, like even, even as a teenager, like we used to have kickbacks, which is like ditch parties. I didn't know that everyone didn't know them as kickbacks because out here we know it as a kickback. But when I would talk to other people from other places, they're like, what the fuck is that? Okay. It's like a ditch party. We would leave school. Sorry, mom. And kids would do everything they shouldn't be doing. Drink, smoke weed, fornicate, uh, but I would go because my friends would go. And then the guy, like, I wouldn't do that stuff. I wouldn't even, well, I probably would drink, but I wouldn't smoke and I wouldn't go do the freaky stuff. I, I, and, but my favorite parts of the kickback were hanging out with the stoners because they were funny when they were high and talking music, literally like some of the best and earliest music conversations I ever remember having were at kickbacks because that's what I would do while at my friends were upstairs or doing their own thing uh but they would call me like the, they're like dude you're supposed to, i bet you you're gonna be a nun one day because of how not in this life you are my son's dad was someone who had a a, a great relationship with and at that moment in time <laughs> i said great relationship i mean like like tight relationship with and at that moment in time um i was going through a lot with my household and it's very stupid it's very it's very immature and young to think um but he was my escape he was my escape from what was going on at home he was my vacation and we he was I decided to give him myself now before him I had a boyfriend who this is what I mean by like you even have to be my boyfriend to get there I had a boyfriend and we didn't do that stuff. And he cheated on me with a friend of mine. And it sucked, but whatever. I moved away from that city, but he still had something over me. Like I hated that I wasn't over him. And he would even tell me like, you're not going to get over me. I'm the only guy. I'm your only, I was, ugh. I'm your first, I'm your first kiss. I mean, like all of that stuff that he had like held over me. Right. Like I'm the, I'm the guy that went with you on vacation. Like he was really involved in my home life and no one knows you like I do. So in my head, it's like, okay, how he's right. How do I get over him? It's okay. Let's. And then once I got into knowing my son's father more, it's like, okay, seems like a good guy. Let's the, but you're still thinking of your ex. The only way to stop thinking of your ex, I'm telling you again, this is a very dumb, stupid, immature way of thinking, but it was the way I thought. The only way to get over him is to do more with this guy, right? Do, and it breaks the lock of him holding you down because you've only, he's your first everything besides that. Anyway, get with my son's father. Uh, we end up having sex and... 
unprotected and I get pregnant and I have my son with my son's father. Um, but even then, like I knew that when I was giving myself to him, it wasn't out of an urge. It was like, okay, he deserves it. He's there for me. Uh, it was, it was a thoughtful move. It wasn't a move that's like, I'm horny come on, like, let's fuck. It wasn't that at all. Like, literally, it was my boyfriend that I wanted to, like, what is it when they, it's consummate, right? The marriage, once you get married, that. I wanted to do that with this guy and whatever, it happened. Then after him, my experiences with sex have not been, have not been as fulfilling as I feel that they should be. And I say that, in regards to like this guy that my son's dad, he cheated on me constantly. I don't know if I've ever said this, but he cheated on me constantly. And I find out after we break up, we broke up when my son was about two or three years old. I had to leave the relationship. It was just a bad, very controlling, very, um, very, silencing very keep you small very dimming on my energy and my light relationship and I find out a year after I leave the relationship that he had a baby (laughs) with another girl while we were together so he cheated on me while I was pregnant and the girl had her daughter by him when my son was four months old I didn't know about it like he kept it very secret I didn't know about it till a year after he and I broke up so I won't go into like how I found out and all that crazy stuff but it a lot of bad and and I I guess in my head or subconsciously or however it happened I tie it to sex so it's like I know why I got into the relationship with him. I was, it was basically a rebound because I couldn't get over my, my first love, my, my high school sweetheart. And I ended up having sex with him, having my son and going into a relationship. I really didn't know that I really wanted or not. And then getting cheated on constantly. So there was that sexual aspect of it where I knew he was having sex with other girls. And then when I left him, I find out he had a baby by another girl and I wasn't the mother. Like, like that part was what fucks with me because it's a, it's, a, it's a daughter and I always wanted a daughter. And just to know my son has a sister, but I'm not his mom. I'm not that sister's mom. Ugh. So there's that, right? And I think after that, oh, and then after that, for three, and it's funny because I got made fun of for this. So after that is when I was really like, we're going to get into radio. I've always wanted to be in radio since I was a little girl. But uh, after I left that relationship, because he didn't even let me go to school. He didn't let me work. It was it was very controlling. Now we have a, we have a good relationship. I'm not going to say we have a bad relationship. I'm not going to say we have a great relationship. We have an understanding. I've forgiven what has happened to me, especially with what he's done to me or what's hap- like what transpired in our relationship. Forgiven all of it. Let it go. Uh... But after the relationship, I was like, okay, 
You got to make this happen for yourself, baby girl. You have to go and be that radio personality. You know you can be. You're going to be the provider. You're going to be able to uh, not ever need to count on somebody because a lot of girls stay in relationships because they feel they're counting or they're dependent on whoever this man is or their family or whatever. Whatever it may be that keeps you in a relationship besides love is not why you should be in a relationship. Is the first sign that you should be out of the relationship. Um, okay, so, and for three years after that, it was just grind, 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 go to school, intern, then work two hours away. So it was a constant commute, birthdays, weekends, holidays. I missed with my son to work and fill in for other jocks. And so all of that happened in three years. After three years, I got to the station in LA where I was then on air, right? So it's kind of like, I was grinding, grinding, grinding for three years in order to get to this gig in LA. And I got the gig in LA and I was able to kind of like sigh of relief a little bit. But in those three years, no sex was involved. And they would always clown me like later on, one, like, how can you have no sex? You have a baby. Or how can you have no sex for three years? Like, yeah, I could tell you how. It's called work and family. Like work and family, work and family that and sleep. And I had two jobs actually. I so I did the I did I worked in LA during the week. And then on the weekends, I worked um, on the radio in Palm Springs, which is two hours away from LA. So it's that grind for three years. And I was fine. Like it doesn't, I don't, again, it's for affection. So I need a relationship with it. And I couldn't ever build a relationship with someone because I was working so much. So they never even got the chance to even get in there. Uh, this is going on really long. I apologize. Uh, but okay, no sex for three years. I get to power. I get to the radio station in LA. Um, and then I was able to date. Not like I was started slacking, but I did have the security of a full-time job, a set schedule for my job. Um, and and like within that, I could make time, if time, if at all, for somebody else. And you like my ex <laughs> from when I worked at Power, he like... He had to like, we had to, ha we had like 5,000 first dates reserved. And then like, finally I went to one. So it was even tough to even get into that relationship. It's very tough for me to get into a relationship because of how much I work. Say all of that to say, then we get together. Then I become his girlfriend and we have sex. But even then it wasn't like the, not anything on his part, not anything on his part. Uh, but it wasn't as fulfilling as I thought it would be. And then again, it was for his satisfaction. It was to show him affection. <sighs> the last time I had sex. I didn't. It, it, it wasn't. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel good. It was with someone I loved, but it just didn't feel good. It didn't, it didn't, again, it didn't satisfy me like it should be satisfying. And maybe I do think it means a lot or it sh and I do put a lot on sex, but I think why shouldn't I? Like, I think that's very sacred. Vanilla Sky, 
it's a very psycho movie for the girl on the girl's end on Cameron Diaz's end, but she does say something very, very important in the video, in the video, in the movie when she's like about to kill this dude, <laughs> she's in the car and she's yelling at him cause he doesn't want her. Like she wants him, but she tells him like, you had sex with me. When you have sex with me, your body makes a promise to my body, whether you do or not. And it's very like in our time, it's very like, Oh bitch crazy. But I see that sense in it. I see the sense in what we're giving and taking to each other, that transfer of energy that you can you give someone and you take from someone when you decide to be that intimate with them. Um, so I agree. Like I, I agree with the fact that you should have sex with someone you care about. And then I do agree with the fact that it should be the person that you want to be with for life for serious and whatever that is like my friend Dre Sinatra works with me he did put things in perspective he was like let the I hate when girls say I'm waiting till marriage like that's stupid like how about it because like if marriage is gonna be the set thing that's gonna be make you forever and it's true I won't even put it on marriage I am waiting to have sex for the right person and it's it's who I'm gonna love and and if all goes according to plan and to God's plan, it's going to be my husband. That person will be my husband. Uh, I was watching this preaching by Devon Franklin, uh, who is Megan Good's husband. And I like their story a lot. I love them together. Um, but they have this book called The Weight, which I haven't read. Uh, but I did see a preaching that he was saying, and he was like, basically, he's like, it all comes down to if you want the best for you or not. Because people that aren't the best for you are going to be like, what? You're going to make me wait. But if this man knows your worth or if this woman knows your worth and understands that they will, they want you be to, because they love you, not because they want a certain something. If that's like the end all be all if you guys have sex or don't have sex again you shouldn't be with each other excuse me um but his preaching on on waiting was very very pivotal in me saying you know what i gotta go with it not only am i like that already i can wait it's i don't have the urge i feel like god put i, I feel like god put the unurge in me because he knew like i can i may be need to go without it one two my experiences with sex have never been as fulfilling as i i think other people put on their experiences with sex two three it is a sign of affection for me i i need to give it to someone i'm in love with i need to give it to someone that i feel is my king and i don't want to give it away to anyone that doesn't it, i'm not going to be with is not going to be in my life um and the last experience I had with sex, I, I, it just, I, I don't need it. I don't, I don't need any more of those. I don't. So I'm waiting and I'm okay with waiting. I do want to, I do want to give Devon Franklin and Megan Good story just a little, like in a nutshell, because I love them two together. Megan Good, we all know she's fucking hot as shit, right? Well, she decided to wait because, and I don't, I literally, they have a book. I'm going to buy the book and read it, but I, this is what I know of how she, she started waiting. So she clearly had not, I'm not gonna say clearly, that's me. Um, she hadn't always been waiting. She was active 
And she just kept seeing like, gosh, they take something from me every time, like these relationships or these men. And even, even when unknowingly, you don't know that you're, you're either getting something taken from you or something's being pushed on you, but you have these relationships, you have these relations and stuff ends up happening. Your thought processes. Yeah. Your thought processes of different, different things get affected. The way you move gets affected. Your relationships with people gets affected all because of sex and it's crazy but it is true um so she decided to wait and some like she was living life and then she felt like god told her hey your husband is devon franklin devon franklin is going to be your husband she had thought she had admired him she had thought he was cute and then god told her that this was going to be her husband and she even told people around her and they thought she was crazy like the hell crazy girl like you're being creepy unbeknownst to devon that happened with megan right devon had been waiting already he had been celibate uh for years i want to i want to say since he was 22 he had been celibate i don't know how old he is now oh sorry i touched the mic i don't know how old he is now but he had been celibate for so many years she didn't know she was celibate he didn't while her being celibate, well, sorry, Letty, focused. She was celibate and he was celibate, but neither of them knew, right? Then they ended up meeting each other. Clearly, she had already had the revelation of this is going to be my husband, which is creepy, but sometimes we do have those. Sorry, guys. Um, and he was attracted to her, clearly, but he was like, Megan, good. Like, she's not going to want to be with me. I'm like, she's making good. Long story short, they got together and it was just cool that they were both waiting and they got married, their husband and wife. They have this book now called The Wait to, that talks about their journey, I'm guessing, and also talks about waiting. So I think that's a cool little like example of what waiting can do and how, how um, it can bring you to who you're going to be with or who your king is, who your queen is. So. I personally am waiting and I'm okay with it too. Like, I'm not like, oh my God, you know, how, you know, how sometimes you just give up something and now you want it the, the most. No, I'm okay. And I feel like, again, that was because God knew that this year one day you're going to give it up and be ready. But here you go. You, I also gave you the ability to. All right, now let's get happy. Come on, get happy. I have this new like Adidas Fit Watch thingamabobber. I don't know the name of it, but I got it. I talked about it in my last YouTube video. By the way, my YouTube account is R-I-K-K-I-M-A-A, Ricky Ma. I try to change it and I can't change it, but I have like subscribers on it. So I don't want to make a new account, which is the same on my Snapchat, which is why you should be very careful when you do like your own custom URL or like you go with the name. That's the only thing I hate that I cannot switch accounts like my Snapchat or unless I make a new one or like my YouTube page unless I make a new one. But it's Ricky Ma, which is my old stage name in radio. Um, but I got this cool Fit Watch and it comes with an app too, the My My Coach app, but it's spelled My like M I, so Me Coach. Um. But it's cool. And I actually made like a group on it. 
I made a, it's, it's the, my coach Adidas train and run app. And I actually made a group on it. If anyone has the app or if you get the app, my username's Let These Set Go and you can join my group. It's called Let These Leaders. And basically I work out by myself and it's a cool motivation to know other people are working out. And if we're like on like this group together, we can like motivate each other. But anyways, my group is called Let These Leaders. I think if you search, if you search Let These Set Go, you can see it and you can join my group and we can work out together. You don't have to, but I'm just saying. Um, it's there if you want to. I'm like logging every time I run, logging every time. It like went crazy, my watch, because I opened the app. I'm logging every time I run, every time I train. Um, it's all on that app. Boom shakalaka. I'm actually going right now after I do this podcast. And uh, I just want to say thank you for watching. If you're on my YouTube, subscribe. Let me know what kind of stuff you like, what kind of stuff you do not like. And I won't listen because I'll still do what I want to do. <sighs> four agreements. I do have to say that was a four agreements talking. Uh, if the, the book by Don Miguel Ruiz, if you haven't read it, it's a really good book to read. One of the, and it basically teaches us how we live life off of agreements. Sorry, this is going into a book review. We live life off of agreements. And it's basically someone told us the sky is blue. We look at the sky and we see a color and they're like, oh, that's the color blue and the sky is blue. So we agree that that's the color blue and the sky is blue. Um, so basically this book is saying all those things we've agreed to, like we agree that men should be this way. We agree that I should be this way. We agree that this equals this. All those agreements have been put into our heads and this is why we are the way we are. We live life the way we do, right? So what this book tells you is in Toltec, which is a Indian tribe in the Toltec way of living. They only had four, well, maybe not four, only four, but they had four agreements that they did decide to live life by. I may be fucking up the story. So if I am, I'm sorry. I actually think that the, in the Toltec, um, guidelines of morality, uh, or like just thoughts on or Toltec philosophy. Whoa, got it. Toltec philosophy. Uh, we live life in a dream and it's like a clouded mirror, right? That we see through. And to then understand that, to, to be aware of that. Talking really slow because I want you to understand it. And I know it's very smoky as this mirror is to understand. As we live life, we make agreements. And we live off of those agreements. I agree that men and women shouldn't cheat on each other. So therefore, when I get into a relationship, I don't cheat on my so-called partner. And if they do, I'm going to think it's wrong. It's an agreement that I've made, right? Um, I agree that if someone says, or if someone sneezes, I say, bless you. That, that's an agreement that I, so when they sneeze, I say, bless you. I didn't agree that when they sneeze, I say, fuck you. Like <laughs> it's agreements that we've made unknowingly or knowingly and they affect the way we live. And so once we realize that uh, we are living in agreement, we can then start relieving ourselves of agreement. So this book kind of teaches you to unlearn everything that you've learned everything you've been taught, everything that has been impressed on you and that you live off of. And then now 
start living with four agreements in mind. And let me see if I get these right. One of them is be impeccable with your word. Whatever you say, you do. However you move is how you say you're going to move. Number two is don't take things personal. However, someone else acts has nothing in relation to do with you. It's how they're acting for themselves. Number three is always do your best. Whatever your best quality is or however you feel is best to move, you'll know when you're doing wrong because it's something against your own personal morale. That's number three. And number four, I don't remember it. Four agreements. Sorry, I'm Googling. Oh, I'm so mad that I didn't know them. So it's always do your best. Be impeccable with your word. Uh, don't take things personal. And ooh, don't make assumptions. Get down to the bottom of things. Like if you think something's happening, like why not ask? Why not like find clarity so that you don't move with an assumption of what's going on in mind? A lot of times we think someone's acting a certain way towards us. And if we really asked them, they probably just thought, we were acting away towards them and they were reciprocating or they were having a bad day or they like so many ors, but we kind of make it set in our head because of the assumptions that we have. Um, can I read the four real quick to you? Well, I don't care if I can or not, I'm going to. I'm sorry, I'm being very pushy, but here's the first one. Be impeccable with your word. Speak with integrity. Say only what you mean, mead mean avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love basically what you say is going to direct your life so understand that be aware of it and do not fuck it up for yourself knowing that when you speak bad it fucks it up for yourself knowing that when you speak with the bad feelings or intentions it fucks it up for you don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. Because this is based off of the Toltec philosophy that we're all in a dream. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. This is why I kind of went on a, this tangent about four agreements is when I said, let me know what you guys want. And I'm not going to care. Is <laughs> basically what it's telling you is if you tell me I'm pretty. Or if you tell me I'm ugly, either one should not affect me. And it sounds very like mean, like, and of course we can agree, like you shouldn't, if someone says you're ugly, don't listen to them. But also if they say you're pretty, don't listen to them. Cause then you give them the power to affect your mood or your self-esteem or your thinking or your way of living. See, very strong ideals, but they can definitely help you. Don't make assumptions. Find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama. With just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. And I agree. We all have that. I thought you said this. Well, I thought you meant this. And I thought that. And you have unnecessary fights with people that you love and people that you don't like so much. Okay, always do your best. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. Like my best and my most fit is like I can run a mile in nine minutes. But my best when I'm sick or like I'm tired or it's hot outside is I can run a mile in like 15 minutes. Uh, 
Under any circumstance, simply do your best and you'll avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. Because you know when you ain't doing your 100. And then you can be mad at whatever outcome comes of your work or of your day or of that moment. There you go. Little baby book report for agreements. And I will promise you I'll stop it there. We're close to an hour. Thank you for hanging out with me. I'm going to do more of these videos along with the podcast if you like them. Yeah, right. If I like them. Bye.